You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything Podcast 210. It is the uh, Friday, April 6th edition of the show. Uh, today's show, as always, is brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the online sports book of your dreams. They have the best online odds, best way to play. It's the easiest sports book online. Go check it out. You can put your bets down on the Masters right now. You can put your bets in for UFC 223, which is happening uh, tomorrow night at the Barclays Center. Saturday night in uh, in New York City. Uh, you use the code WCE50, and you're going to get a 50% deposit bonus. What that means is you put in $100, you're getting $50 back. You put in $200, you're getting $100 back. They're giving you money. So all you got to do is sign up with that code, WCE50 at mybookie.ag. Go check it out today. Go sign up. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and press that little share button. And if you are listening for the first time and you have not already subscribed, go subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast apps. So, uh, on today's show, we are going to be discussing Conor McGregor, which we did not think was going to be a story when we were discussing our, our topics yesterday, but Conor McGregor attacked some vehicles carrying UFC fighters yesterday. We're going to talk about what the hell is going on there. Penny Hardaway has hired Mike Miller to his staff. We're going to discuss what that means and whether or not Larry Brown is coming in next. Uh, ESPN's new program, Get Up, is tanking incredibly hard. Chris, you are a businessman. I want to get your opinion on what to do when something fails right out of the gate. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk SEC spring football. Not much on that. Just kind of give you a viewing guide of what to expect we are you know, football-based, we like to discuss all sports, but we do have some football going on this weekend. We're going to talk, did Villanova change college basketball? We won't spend long on that. And then the Masters, we're going to end on that. Uh, there's a lot going on with the Masters. There's always storylines with that, always storylines, so we will discuss that. Uh, Chris, a quick mention, we're not going to get in deep on it, but the Celtics lost Kyrie Irving for the year. Um what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, it's just one of those years of in- injuries. You know, Kyrie played 60 games and uh, Gordon played five minutes. So yeah. our two best players. Here's, here's what it tells me. Uh, Brad Stevens is the greatest coach in basketball history right now. I mean, he's just unbelievable. Maybe not in history, but but in the game today, there's nobody close. If you tell me in a, in a season where you, you get – you know, only so many games out of your best player and five minutes out of your second best player, and and they're still, you know, winning the, the amount of games they're winning. Yeah, that yeah, it, it's just pretty impressive. Now, what does that mean for the playoffs? No, they're. I mean, they're done. It's over. The East is pretty wide open, and uh, and I don't see without those two guys. I mean, it would take some some pretty Brad Stevens wizardry 
to uh to try to to try to get through a round or two of this 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 playoffs in the east so i agree with you all right uh as always the show is brought to you by winningcureseverything.com uh get the latest news and updates and whatnot great stories on the website make sure and follow us on facebook facebook.com slash winning cures everything uh we are on twitter at winning cures you can follow our personal accounts on twitter at gary wce is myself Chris, you are at? At Chris B. Giannini. There you go. I can say it for you, but I love hearing you say it. (laughs) All right. So yesterday when I was getting our topics together for the show, uh, I honestly thought we would open the show on any number of topics. Mike Miller, uh, you know, football, Masters, whatever. And and then Conor McGregor and his entourage – uh, storm into the Barclays Center in New York after the press conference for Saturday's UFC 223. They attack the two fighter vans uh, that are getting ready to leave the arena. McGregor tries to throw like a guardrail. He uh, he threw a dolly that actually like smashed a windshield, cut open the head of fighter Michael Chiesa. Uh, look, initially it, nobody and there's, a, and there's another he, fighter I forgot his name. That, yeah, that, that it, it had it a cornea abrasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to have to have surgery on his cornea. Yeah. I mean, this is this is crazy stuff, man. Um, now, initially, nobody knew why they came in to attack because it, you know, it, it, it two fighters getting into uh, uh, an altercation doesn't really make a bunch of news unless you are keyed into UFC. Now, I watch this stuff all the time, so I I kind of had an idea, but uh, look, the deal was. Uh, the Russian fighter that's headlining, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, I always just call him Habib. <laughs> like, that's you, you can't say that last name. Nurmagomedov. Yep. Uh, he's fighting Max Holloway for Connor's UFC lightweight belt. Um, it was supposed to be Tony Ferguson. He pulled out with an injury last week. Uh, but anyway, Habib and his crew, they had an altercation with, um, with Artem Lebov, one of Connor's training teammates, and it got so bad that UFC had to actually move him to a different hotel for Artem's safety. Uh, truth is, look, we, we can talk about whether it's real or not. I went ahead and put money down on, on Habib for this weekend. I thought he was going to win anyway. This is a super violent, ruthless dude. Uh, so I thought he was going to win anyway. But now it just confirms to me that he's going to win because you are going to get a McGregor-Habib fight out of this. Look. Dana White called McGregor's actions disgusting and criminal, and he said there's no place for it in the UFC. Um, but truth be told, this is the most interesting thing, or interesting thing that's happened in UFC since November of 2016. Uh, they have no, but that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to stop, but I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop. You, okay, Gary. go ahead. Because that's just that's just that's just wrong. Just just because something is newsworthy, it's not interesting. This is criminal. This is violent. This is thug-like mentality. Let's call it what okay. it is, okay? It's absolutely it's because still... we because we like Connor, we we justify it and we defend it a little more than we probably should. But but this is thug-like mentality. He gathered about thirty goons and he went and attacked a bus because one of his buddies got punked. Come on, dude. This stuff happens all the time. Your buddy's a UFC fighter. He can take his own. He can handle himself. This is and let USC handle it, but but the well, look, way it, Connor reacted is absolutely ridiculous, and it's not interesting. That's interesting the way it would be if somebody you know came into a restaurant and just started beating the shit out of another guy. Like it's not okay. It's not appropriate. No, it's, it's not I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay. But just I'm because saying... it makes a headline doesn't mean this is the kind of headline USC wants. Dana White has made it clear throughout his history of running the UFC he would rather be bland but professional than turn into wrestling. Agreed. He's never Agreed. done a I do stunt agree like this before. And I don't think it's him doing this stunt. I think McGregor was going to do this, right? So it, it starts out, he was already fired up anyway because uh, yesterday morning, McGregor sends out this tweet that is discussing, like, uh, you'll take like you're not taking my belt. You'll strip nothing. You know you'll you'll do whatever he says all the time. But um, why won't Connor fight? That's the biggest problem. We're going on two years of him not fighting. Well, let, let's just stay the this. champ and, and not that. fight. But but what fight is worth it for him right now? 
That didn't, it's irrelevant. See, at this You're point? The champ. See, that's the difference. You don't get to call yourself the champ and say, well, there's nobody big enough for me to fight, so I'm just going to keep the belt forever. That's Agreed. bull crap. That's Agreed. bull crap. Now, if you want to be rich and famous and not fight, then you're right. That's fine. But you got to give up the titles. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, however, I do think that this does work in UFC's advantage. And, and I, I would love for you to argue with me on this because this established a rivalry between the two biggest names in UFC right now. Uh, Habib I'll, I'll has an it underground following. Me. It, it, would, it would not shock me if Dana White doesn't allow them to fight. If, if when Dana stretches this, strips this, if Dana makes Connor come back and fight a couple of fights before he gets in the ring. Oh, the I don't know if I believe that whatsoever. It but just wouldn't shock me. Way too much money. But way too you, much money. Dana's not worried about the money, though. He's never been the guy that followed the money. All he does is put good fights out there, and, and he tries to Did you to not see best. him involved with, with the McGregor-Mayweather fight? Well, yeah. I mean, he's not involved in the money. But that's because that's his guy. He owns Look, I, the rights to him. Just because... Agreed. Just because he was involved in the fights, he has a legal right to that money. Okay. I, okay, and he's got I'm not a legal saying he right doesn't want money. money. I'm saying, what I'm telling Look, you is, he's not going to just knuckle under because Connor's a payday. Connor's a I cash find cow. It, I find if, it incredibly If Habib turns into a cash cow, it's over. He'll he'll I, he'll make him and he'll move on. I find it incredibly interesting that all of this happens right when the UFC's TV contracts are up for bid. Okay. They thought when they sold to William Morris agent or William Morris Endeavors for four billion dollars back in twenty sixteen, when they sold for that, they expected in the summer of twenty eighteen to get four hundred million dollars from Fox or whoever, right? So there was they, they expected everybody to bid on it. ESPN, Fox, it, you know, Disney, what it, whoever, they expected four hundred million. Their deal right now is worth $160 million. They might get 180 from Fox right now because there is no interest in the sport aside from the diehards. That's not enough to get you $400 million a year. This is going to play to their advantage. You've got to have storylines. You've got to have some. That's where WWE has the advantage, right? They can write whatever story they because want. Because they get to write it. It's fake. You've got writers. I understand that. UFC is completely out in the open. And look, I don't expect anything better from Conor McGregor. He is a thug. That's what he is. That's why everybody loves him, because he's off the cuff. He says whatever he wants to, and people flock to it all the time. I'm all in on it. No, but, but look, here's I what you don't understand is there's going to be, there's going to be legal recourse for this. Yes, he's not he will just get sued going. by the two fighters. Oh, he, no, look, he's gonna, he's also going to have felony charges on him for assault and battery and I, all these other gonna things. He's going to plea those down. You know, it, it, look, the only felony is a criminal mischief charge, and he will plea that down to nothing. He'll pay some fines, and he will be sued by these guys, and he'll end up settling out of court. Because he didn't intend for those guys to get hurt. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Hang on. Do you, I'm with you, you. think hey, – but everybody in UFC is broke. Nobody makes a lot of money. None of these fighters make money, okay? They're not boxers okay. like back in the day. They just saw him get $100 million. You think they're going to settle for some chump change? No, they're going to put their hands out, and they're going to say, no, sir, we're not settling until we get what we want. And we want a lot because you have the most. Okay. Connor, Connor messed up. Connor messed they're not going to take everything that he's got. I no, mean, it's, they're not going to take everything he's got, but they're going to take a hell of a lot more than some some small time settlement. I'll assure you. Of well, that. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a small time settlement. I think he'll settle, but it, it'll be big money. It's going to hurt. It'll be real big money. It's going to hurt. hurt. And then he's going to have to get back in the ring because he's going to be broke because he runs around with this big ass entourage all the time. And we've seen fighter after fighter go broke because speaking all they do is piss all this money away. Look, speaking of that. Did did you hear Dana say that he flew twenty of his guys on a private jet from yeah. Dublin over here for this? Yeah, because he wouldn't storm what? that building by himself. Well, no, of course not. But Habib wasn't gonna, you know, talk trash to that Artem guy either. Like not without his crew around. No, but the th those things happen in fights all the time, man. You've got these fighters that all stay close together. They're all Dana White put this out perfectly on Get Up this morning. He all these fighters they, they they stay close together in the same hotels. They're all trying to cut weight and they're all 
super on edge, and they're ready to snap at any moment. So altercations like what happened that started this whole thing happen all the time. You normally don't hear about it, and you wouldn't have heard about this had Connor not flipped the hell out. Another part of this is the fact that Habib has been absolutely trashing Conor McGregor in the press. That's yeah, he wants to this. fight him. Yeah, of course he does. It's a payday. He, what, what is a... No, 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 well, no, at this point, like, he's actually worth a name. So, like, it, there, there's a difference, right? But if you hold the belt, you don't get to say – you don't get to big league everybody and say you're not big enough for me to fight. No, at some point in time, you have to, you have to fight people to, to maintain your belt, to maintain I, your status. I agree with you. But, how? look, it, it, the, Dana White built this monster, right? He allowed right. this to go on. So, and now that he's finally putting his foot down, maybe we'll actually get something done and we can establish some more fighters with a little charisma, with a little whatever. Look, Habib is great in the ring, right, in the octagon. Well, the problem with him is he doesn't speak English, and that's not going right. to help get a following in America. Because exactly. You, now, he's got a huge be as charismatic. He could yeah. be an unbelievable fighter, and it'll be awesome to watch. But if we can't hear him talk and give interviews, then it's just not the same. Yeah, he's, he's got to work on, on that aspect of it because he can be a star. Like, he already is a star, yeah. but he's not worth what, uh, what guys like McGregor are. No, well, no, because he can't – 90% of what makes McGregor so great is his, his mouth. Yeah, oh, 100%. And this I mean, guy we're talking 99% of it. Yeah, and this guy doesn't have a mouth, and so, yeah. you know. He's, he's the scary Russian villain that sits over in the corner and takes out everybody, right? That's like right. That's, that's what he does. So, uh, so yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. I, Habib is going to destroy Max Holloway. Holloway had to come up a weight class for this fight. Um, yeah. But it, it immediately makes UFC 223 that much more interesting, even though you've lost, you know, three fights out of the deal. But you uh, hang on. So you, you talk about how this, the, you know, um, UFC is going through this downturn and it's slow and it's dead. They did the same thing. Every time they lose a big superstar for retirement or they get older – it, it, this thing kind of happens, and then somebody comes up from the ranks, and they're, they're fine for a couple of years, and then they, they rarely have three or four stars at once. But this is nothing new to Dana. Okay, it just it just so happened that it happened now. So I don't think he's you you and I have button. been discussing this for for over a year now. How they need McGregor, right? This yeah. is how bad they need some kind of a superstar in this organization, they're bringing Brock Lesnar back, okay? Yeah. Like, after WrestleMania, which you can go on and write that down, if, if you can get bets anywhere, mybookie.ag or wherever, uh, on WrestleMania, go on and put it down that Roman Reigns will end up beating Brock Lesnar to take the, uh, the title because Lesnar is leaving WWE, and he's going back to UFC. And, yeah. look, it, it bothers me that the, the level of uh, outrage that Dana White throws in for McGregor over this stuff – like, I get it. He hurt fighters and all this kind of stuff. But, my God, you're bringing in a guy that, that caught, like, he was caught doping the last time you brought him in. Like, he, and then he goes right back to WWE. And, and then you're going to bring him back anyway because his name is worth something. It's going to be the same thing with McGregor. Well, I mean, they've done the same thing with Bone Jones. I mean, yes, he, you they'll know, do it all the guy just look, refuses, these guys are, refuses to fight clean. I don't expect these. Look, there's, got, there's a level of crazy that goes into these fighters. Mike Tyson, we all watched Mike Tyson, and he, got, he went to jail for two, three years for raping a girl. Same thing with Floyd Mayweather. He's got 50 billion domestic violence charges against him, and yep. yet we all still buy the fights. Yep. Like that's, it, you don't expect anything better out of these guys because you've got to be nuts to be able to get in that ring and go after somebody like that. That's what they are. So, yeah, but all these people went in the ring – doing those things on your personal time, it's impossible to manage these people. It's not Dana White's job. Okay. But, but his fighter safety outside of a, of a, of a ring of an octagon, that is his responsibility. Agreed. Agreed. That's what makes this different is he attacked, he attacked the franchise. He attacked people that work 
together in this. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying, and I can understand why Dana will be – why he is upset, right? Um, but as as the weekend goes along, cooler heads will prevail, and we will get Habib against McGregor, and it will be the biggest pay-per-view that they've had since the last McGregor pay-per-view. Period. I mean, what if McGregor doesn't want to fight him? What if McGregor's afraid to fight him? Then he'll I mean, find a way to get out of the UFC contract. He hadn't he hadn't fought in two years, and and Habib's been I, trying to get him in the ring, and he, he I, with, inducted this, him ever since. With this display, and and all the talk leading up to it, he'll probably go on to do it. And if he loses, he'll probably retire. Yeah. So I mean, it's that that's the way it goes. Um, but I, I think he enjoys. Uh, look, it was not too long ago, a few weeks ago, that McGregor was out looking at at big boats or whatever and immediately started thinking, like, you know, I need to get some more money so I can get one of these yachts. And then all of a sudden he decided Yeah, but his this. talk was another sideshow, which was trying to get Mayweather to come to the octagon so they can get a $100 million payday together again and do something that's a sideshow act. I agreed. And, and that could still end up happening. But I don't you know. You think, think Conor will end up in WWE? If if I'd, I'd give it a, I'd put seventy five twenty five. He's not a big guy. You don't have to be you know a big he? guy in WWE. You just have to have a name. Well, I understand that, but like, so for women, like for Ronda Rousey, it's a little bit easier. But McGregor is significantly smaller than most of the guys that are in WWE. But it's also they'd have to create a whole script. new division. No, they wouldn't. You just script it, man. Little guys fight big guys all the time. Ah, I don't know. It's I don't not like watch a weight of class in wrestling. Agreed, but so, like he's five nine, one hundred and fifty five pounds. Like, <laughs> you know, the rest of these guys are two hundred plus. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'll I'll be interested to see it. Um, of course, there's always the option of like going and and fighting Nate Diaz again. So I don't know. I, I, it's all ridiculous, but it it's got people talking about UFC again. So uh, so cheers to McGregor on that, even if it was uh, disgusting. Um, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk Mike Miller. We we spent twenty minutes on Conor McGregor. See, like UFC is is banking on this right now. Anyway, Mike Miller is officially uh, officially an assistant coach at the University of Memphis. Penny Hardaway uh, announced the hire yesterday. Um, it, look, he's got to pass his compliance test, NCAA compliance test, and whatnot, and then it will be done. Uh, but look, let's knock out the negatives first, okay? Negatives are. He doesn't have any coaching experience. That's about it. He doesn't really understand the NCAA rules yet. Uh, he's never had to truly teach players, even though he's been involved with, with AAU. He hasn't coached AAU. Um, that's about the only negative. So now let's look at the positives. He already knows all the high rollers in Memphis. He's in good with all of them. Uh, he's got two world championship rings. He's got LeBron James on speed dial. He's tied to multiple multiple high-level recruits through his AAU team, M33M. Um, is there a more dynamic duo that could walk into a recruit's home than Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller in college uh, basketball nowadays? No, not right now. No, I mean, I, I, I told you long ago I thought Miller was a, a key piece to this. He needed to be a part of this team. Um, yeah. And I know that he's got a lot of learning to do, and Penny's got a lot of learning to do coaching-wise, X's and O's-wise. The next guy they get has to be a basketball guy. We've, we're going to talk about that. But, uh, but no, I, I love the Miller hire. I thought this was a massive part of this piece of what it's going to be, um, not just from a recruiting aspect, but, you know, this guy was one of the best shooters in the game. The game has gone to the three-point shot. If there's anybody you want teaching guys how to set up, pick and roll, get open, get clean shots, fast releases. Um, That'd be Mike it's, Miller. It's, it's Mike. So <laughs> that's, that's what he did on, uh, on his championship teams. So, that's right. Uh, aside from that, report is out there. Look, Penny Hardaway wants to hire Larry Brown. Larry Brown wants to be hired at the University of Memphis. The story goes, uh, now this is per Gary Parrish at CBS Sports, Tom Bowen told Penny initially that Larry Brown could not be hired because of uh, NCAA stuff. The NCAA wouldn't allow it. Turns out that is not the case. Look, Brown had SMU call Memphis and, and clear it with them and say, look, he is good on this end. He had his attorney call the NCAA 
just to make sure that he was clear to be hired, and the NCAA completely cleared him, and that information got to Memphis. So now what you have is a media uh, fight between Penny Hardaway and the administrators already inside the athletic department. But we know who's going to win this, right? We know what's going to happen. If you're Tom Bowen, look, there was the if you allowed Tubby Smith to hire the staff that he did, that you knew was going to absolutely tank this program, then you may as well go on and let Penny hire Larry Brown. Now, I've got reservations about it for multiple reasons, but one of which is not because of the NCAA violations. Okay, that whole crap. Look, I am all about Larry Brown being hired here. The number of people that have come out and and discussed like how you can't allow him to recruit and you can't allow him to be hired because of recruiting issues, they obviously only read headlines, right? If if you think that the only problem in the NCAA is recruiting, you are dead wrong. The last time that Larry Brown had recruiting issues was when he left Kansas after the 1988 season. None of the stuff at SMU was recruiting violations. Like that's here, here's the story about what happened at Kansas, right? After Kansas won the 1988 National Championship, Larry Brown left Kansas to go coach in the NBA. Kansas was then given a postseason ban because somebody at Kansas, not Brown, but somebody there, during an official recruiting visit by Vincent Askew, gave money to Askew to let him leave his official visit early to go visit his grandmother who had fallen ill in another city. Askew did not even go to Kansas, and he left an official visit early, and they gave him travel money so he could get to his grandmother. I don't think that's that big of a deal, but back then it was. Like nowadays, if you if you look at all, yeah, if you look at all of these um, violations that actually get these coaches in trouble, like they're actually really ridiculous. They're they're so small and they're so minute. We give because we give. Cal the same crap. Everybody in the country thinks Cal's the dirtiest guy on the planet because, oh, he got SMU in trouble, and then he got Memphis in trouble. Well, look what they actually got in trouble for. Okay. Well, the SMU uh, stuff. Here, let me explain the SMU stuff. There was a tutor doing classwork for a basketball player to keep him academically, uh, academically eligible. Brown did not set it up or anything. Now, he, he eventually found out about it, and then he lied to the NCAA, which is a huge no-no. Uh, yeah. He was given an incredibly short show cause. It wasn't even a full season. Uh, and he was given a, a short suspension for like 30% of a season. He was never fired from SMU. He left SMU because of contract negotiations. And in the middle of July, like while Peach Jam was going on, that's when he left. He just up and walked out. And he's known for doing that. If he leaves as an assistant coach at Memphis, who cares? You still but, got Penny. You still got Mike Miller. But he's not. But, but he's not going to do something like that because he's actually right. close to these people. Like exactly this, that we're having a different conversation. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. So and so as far as the SMU stuff goes, there were no recruiting violations. He lied to the NCAA about something that he he knew some details about, but he didn't know much at the time, and and he got punished for it. Yeah. And then now he's sitting around bored and he wants to come coach. That's all he wants to do. If you can bring him in as that, then that's fine. My issue with it might be that he may look to overtake Penny. Like, he may not take orders well because he's never – like, he hadn't been an assistant coach since, I mean, the freaking 70s. You know? He's not going to take orders at all. He's a top yeah. five coach in basketball history. He's not going to exactly. take orders at all. He's going to come in and he's going to teach Penny. He's going to teach Mike how to coach. Yeah, he's going to teach them what to do in situational basketball because those two guys had the ability to lean on unbelievable athletic talent and skill. Yes, and they didn't have yes. to know every X's and O's situation there was. That's that's what he's going to do. He's going I to like teach it. them how to do basketball, and that's and we I need like it. it. Got to have it. We talked about that. You got to have a true basketball X's and O's guy as the next hire. He needs to be it. Now that all of the information has come out, like you just you just went through, there's absolutely no way with the media pressure that that the school's going to stop that. That's going to happen. Brown is yeah, going to be the next coach hire, and and it's going to be done. Um, I think it will be done after next Wednesday. I think I'm looking at next Thursday because National Signing Day is next Wednesday. 
going to get past the recruiting period. And then right after that, where that way you don't have to worry about any kind of NCAA script. Like if you and no, I wouldn't, I guy, wouldn't even, care. I wouldn't even care about any of that stuff. I understand. I wouldn't that, care about it. I'd hire him tomorrow. Make you don't need done. Larry Brown right now. That's the thing. Well, well right? no, but you don't. I mean, just why wait? Just go ahead and make it done. I don't. I don't care about what what appearances are. We're doing this thing, and, and I don't give a damn. So I'm, I'm I'm totally outside of the understanding of all these all these administrators hiring head coaches and then not letting them build their staff. But oh, that yeah. head coach has to answer for everything that happens, but he don't get to pick a staff because it's the staff that gets these guys in trouble so much of the time. I'm oh, yeah, completely absolutely. against that. Absolutely. So, and if you think the people in Memphis that run Memphis wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, fire Brown, uh, Bowden for this, Brown for this, you're, you're crazy. Oh yeah. No, you're right. You're hundred percent right. All right, let's move on. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk SEC football really quick. Uh, SEC spring games are going on. Look, Vanderbilt is done with spring practice. Um, South Carolina is done with spring practice. Their uh, their spring game was last Saturday. Uh, it, did you see this quote by Tom Luganville? By the way, uh, he he said that South Carolina's offense looks like what Oregon's used to. Like it's all tempo. And I didn't really see that in the spring game. I don't know what he was talking about, but. Either way, I'm I'm curious to see what in the world he's talking about now. Uh, anyway, well, Oregon South like Carolina, in the '90s or Oregon like with Chip Kelly? Did he say like with Chip Kelly? Like with Chip? Uh, he Kelly said that, Conference. or did he say what yeah. Oregon looked like? Okay, no, like it, it, no, he's saying South Carolina looks like what Oregon did under Chip Kelly and Mark Elfridge. Okay, I don't know what the, like tempo is one thing. Like if you're just taking three quick snaps to to punt the ball, then that's one thing. But you know, if you're actually moving the football, then all right, I'm curious to see Debo Samuel back and, and all this. But either way, uh, look, here's here's the upcoming practice schedule, all right? This weekend we've got uh, Arkansas at 1 p.m. on SEC Network, Ole Miss at 1 p.m. on ESPNU, Auburn at 3 p.m. on SEC Network. Uh, here's to round out the rest of the schedule. We'll, we'll probably talk about some of this next week and the week after. But uh, Friday, April 13th, Kentucky 5.30 p.m. on SEC Network. Saturday, April 14th, you got Missouri at noon on the SEC Network, Florida at 2 p.m. on the SEC Network, first time you can see Dan Mullen's team, and then Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M at 4 p.m. on the SEC Network. Saturday, April 21st, you got Alabama at 1 p.m. on ESPN, Tennessee at 1 p.m. on SEC Network, Georgia at 3 p.m. on ESPN, Mississippi State at 3 p.m. on the SEC Network, and your LSU Tigers, Chris, at 5 p.m. on the SEC Network. First time to see Steve Insminger in action. Um, all right, so back to this weekend. Look, there's a lot going on here. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Auburn, right? Here's the rundown on it. And I, I'm curious. I'll get your take after each one of these teams, okay? For Arkansas, you could actually see some fireworks here. We're not sure what to make of quarterback Cole Kelly right now. Not sure what to make of either one of the lines because they lost a lot and there wasn't a whole lot coming in. So I'm, I'm certain that Chad Morris will try and do something explosive here, right? They're going to try and do something to, to show the fan base a little bit, to give them a little bit of hope leading into the season. That way the fan base doesn't just completely fall off. You saw that happen at Missouri uh, after Gary Pinkle. Look, that fan base went in the tank. And coming off of two bad years, it, you, you don't want that, right? So now that, uh, now that Brett's gone, uh, without Bielema, with a brand-new coach, you still didn't have a whole lot of hope because there's not a lot of talent on the roster. I expect fireworks out of the spring game. What, what, do you agree with this? I don't care about spring football. <laughs> I don't know why. I there, ask you about there, this thing. I, there is there is nothing that we are going to see in spring game football that is going to tell us anything that will happen in August. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, Done. I mean nothing. No, no, I, I'm with you. And I'm I don't think you. these coaches think about how this looks to the fans. I don't think they think – they're trying to make their teams better. They are using this as a scrimmage and a practice to run drills and run things like that. And I don't think these coaches give a damn what the fans think. Well, that is – all right, so that is one thing. Auburn – look, Gus Malzahn is notorious for running the most vanilla stuff in the middle of spring, right? I mean, we're talking – insanely vanilla nothing to it whatsoever i would expect 90 percent runs from malzahn's team on uh, on saturday during the spring game 
So if you want to see a bunch of new running backs get handoffs from backup quarterbacks, then do that because look, I, I've, two I've starting never receivers that, are out. That I don't. I just don't like. It, all the coaches are going to be like this. That's just what it is. They're yeah. running practice. They're running drills. Exactly. That's it. now not all of them are in drills. Like some of them get a little creative just to put players in certain situations. It's still going to be vanilla as far as the play calling, but you put players in positions well, yeah, to see what just, they can do that's before practice. That's, fall that's, practice. Yeah, that's practice. But Malzahn doesn't even do that. Like Malzahn, the last two times uh, that they've gone out, it's been insanely mediocre. Nobody gives a crap. Whatever. And and lo and behold, so, they won. Yeah. They won the West. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's very it, – it's all interesting. Ole Miss, you're not going to see A.J. Brown. Uh, you will get to see what the offensive and defensive lines look like and whether or not they've got a running back. It, you know, who knows what they're going to do under Matt Luke. This is his first spring uh, in Oxford, first one without Hugh Freeze. So we will, uh, we will see how that goes. Uh, let's jump off of SEC football. Look, I want to ask you a question about Villanova, okay? Okay. Uh, Villanova won the national championship. We have not talked since then. But I do want to get your opinion on this. Look, they beat Michigan 71-59. They won their third national title, uh, second in three years. In the process, I think they may have changed the way that college basketball is played. Now, all basketball has kind of been trending towards three-point shots anyway. Golden State, Houston, like, they show that – and Steve Kerr talks about this all the time. The, the shots, like the three-point shots, if you are – even decent at making them are more efficient, especially if you attack the glass, right? If you're good at offense rebounds, it's more efficient than taking mid uh, mid range twos, even, you know, sometimes shots right down at the basket. Look, Villanova hit 76 threes out of 183 attempts. That's 46%. Uh, Their overall field goals were 165 out of 348. 46% 46% of their made shots, like made field goal percentages across the board, were three-pointers. 53% of their field goal attempts were threes. So more than half of the shots that they took in the entire NCAA tournament were threes. Now, if I'm a college basketball coach, I am spending so much time finding a great shooting coach, and I'm working with my kids on how to be more efficient with three-pointers. I'm getting somebody on staff. To, uh, to work on boxing out on rebounding. Um, I mean, it, I, I don't know that I like it, but that's the way that it's gone. So, one, I want your opinion on this. Are, are you a fan of moving the three-point line back in order to open up those lanes again, or are you cool with them just, just chucking up shots? No, I think they should make it the NBA three. I don't know why it's any different. In baseball, they play in the same size, you know, fields and dimensions are all the same. In football, the fields and the dimensions are all the same. I don't understand why basketball, it's different. I just don't well, look, get it. I'll, I'll give you the lines, all right? In college basketball, it's 20.75 feet for the three-point line. International is 22 and one and one, or one and three-fourth inches. NBA, for reference, is 23.75 feet. And so, uh, I'm in favor. I think it opens up the driving lanes more. I think you can get a more efficient shot driving to the basket. But, I mean, it, look, if you've got guys like Villanova's got, what's the purpose in doing any of that if you know that you can, you can drive and get them open behind the arc? Like, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I, it all depends on who you got on your team, obviously. But well, and, and, and we've seen this for the last couple of years, that, that the team that hits the most threes – Throughout all this, ends up winning. I mean, well, not just... always. So, like North Carolina last year, uh, and Gonzaga as well. Like they, they both had really good shooters, but they were not the the best at, at three point percentage, right? And and they didn't take a lot of them. They they were efficient with them whenever they got them, but they they didn't focus their offense on it. Like I don't know that I've seen anybody other than VCU back when Shaka Smart took them to the Final Four. I don't know that I've ever seen a team have more than half of their shots be from three. Like, normally you do that when you get stuck behind a zone and, and you don't have a way to get it inside. Yeah, you can't get through. And I don't, I don't know that teams are going to continue to go through that. I mean, you know, 
If you I mean, can't no make doubt. them. Here's, here's what I used to always say all the time, though. When picking brackets, I like picking teams that shoot the three ball a lot, but I never like picking them to win it. Because yeah. all it takes is one cold night, and you're dead. And you don't just and lose. See, and you, Villanova get smoked, had that. you get destroyed. Oh, yeah. Villanova had that where they went four for 24 from three against Texas Tech, and they still won by 12. Yeah, but you know? Texas so, Tech just died. Texas Tech yeah. scored, what, 58 points that game? Like, yeah, they couldn't even crack, yeah. yeah, they couldn't crack 60. That, is just, that was just putrid on Texas Tech's part. Yeah. I agree. Villanova plays any other team left in the tournament that night, and they lose. I, I think you might be right. So, but they got lucky. And they got yeah. night came against a team that couldn't score. That's right. So, all right. So let's uh, let's pivot off of that. Let's move into the final segment today: uh, Masters coverage. Everybody talks about Tiger Woods. Did you watch any of it yesterday? I watched all of it yesterday. I watched a ton. That's I, I had it on at my desk yesterday. I watched it uh, as I could. I saw Tiger hit it in the trees. Well, ESPN uh, does a great shot. thing where they replayed it all last night. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. It's, I, so if you go to Masters.com, it's on. I mean, it's on right now. I've actually I got it on uh, in my yep. office right now. Um, uh, look, everybody wants to know about Tiger Woods. Tiger is plus one. He's tied for 28. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, he birdied two of the final uh, three holes, I think, or four, uh, four holes. Uh, either way, he was at plus three at one point. Didn't look super sharp. His putting was a little bit off. But he, he found ways to uh, to get himself out of trouble. Uh, he's seven shots off the lead. Now listen to this stat. I, I heard this this morning, and I could not believe it. Jordan Spieth is the leader at, at six under right now. Spieth has played 17 rounds at the Masters. Like, this is his fifth one. He has led nine of those rounds. Tiger Woods has played 75 rounds at the Masters. He has led nine of them. Is that not insane to you? There are only three other players that have led more rounds than Speed. Who were those? I've never heard of those. Uh, You've heard of all of them. It is the three greatest players of all time. It is Arnold Palmer, okay, it's Arnold, it is Gary Player, Jack and, and it is Jack. Those okay. are the only three players that have led more than Spieth. That's that pretty impressive. Bonkers. So Spieth that is now has that is impressive. Tiger. Oh yeah, and that's it, their it, entire careers, not yeah. Spieth's first couple of years. I, yeah, I, you know, I love Jordan. You, you know, you know that he's one of my guys. Uh, you know, I, I, he's an Under Armour guy. Him and Tom are buddies. He's always can do no wrong in my world. Um, he he started off unbelievable, looked like nobody was ever going to beat him. He was going to take Roy's place as the greatest golfer in the world um, to kind of challenge Tiger. And then he kind of got inside his head and fell apart for a, uh, about a year and a half, two years. Yeah, it's, people people kind of dropped off of his story a little bit. Um, yeah, and, and we don't we hadn't been paying attention to him. And then here he comes into Augusta again, and he's he's fired up and he's ready to go. He's unbelievable, just so unbelievable. I'm, I'm curious what he's going to do today because if, if anybody wants to make a move on him, today yeah. will have to be the day because it's supposed to rain all day Saturday and it's supposed to be a little wet on Sunday. So who knows how these greens are going to play? Who knows how the winds are going to be? Uh, it's going to get significantly colder. It's, it's uh, going to start dropping today, as a matter of fact, here in Memphis. And what the high tomorrow is like 46 like, you're still going to have people out playing, even in Memphis. Um, but, yeah, the storms that are moving through today are going to be nasty and whatnot, and they'll move into Augusta tomorrow. Uh, look, Tiger obviously moves the needle for everything, but uh, I don't know that we necessarily bet on him. Uh, did you have any bets this weekend? Yeah, I uh, I took the three guys that I love, my three favorite golfers to watch. Okay. Um, I took Jordan. Uh, didn't get great odds. He's one of the favorites to win. He's up there. Yeah, with he, Rory he was the favorite. Dustin the Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, like plus eight hundred. He what? He wasn't last week. He wasn't last week. He was probably no. plus eleven hundred or plus ten. You know, one thousand something like that. Um, but he was one of the favorites. Uh, okay. I took Bubba just because I love Bubba and uh, love. You know, Bubba I heard a story Augusta. about him. That, did you hear this same story that I heard yesterday? I think it was Chris Vernon that was telling me about this. Uh, he said that. Like last year, you know, Bubba Watson was was awful, right? He he dropped yeah. to like fiftieth in the world. He signed a 
a promo contract, an endorsement contract with for a golf ball. Yeah, a golf ball. I I did yeah. not hear about this, and and he dropped off because of that golf ball. He used to be the guy that could hit the ball and make it. You know, it would curve one way or it curve right. the other, and he could do whatever he, he could wanted saw, to with his ball. Yeah, he could he could draw or fade his ball better than anybody in the game. And and then of course he got a new golf ball and he couldn't do yeah. it anymore. And he's and super he long off the green. Yeah, yeah he's and now he's good again. No, so, he's great. Yeah, it's just, he's won. Just yeah, he's won two tournaments. He won a match play, which is a totally different setup. But he's yeah. playing great. And this is his course. This course sets up well for left-handers. Um, oh so yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm taking him. And then, and then my other favorite golfer to watch, who has just been so stinking close over and over and over again. Eventually, the shoe's going to drop. Ricky Fowler. I, there is nobody I like watching more than Ricky, and he is he is going to win a major eventually. So that, okay, I'm with you. That guy's my stuff. three. I'll go on and tell you my three. Rory McIlroy, I got him at ten to one. Uh, he is three under right now. He's tied for fourth. Yep. Dustin Johnson. Eh. Uh, Dustin Johnson is one over. He's tied with uh, Tiger for 28th. Uh, but I got him at 11 to 1. And I got Justin Thomas at 11 to 1. And he is two over. So you took all favorites. So, you took everybody in the I top. So, yeah, I took, uh, I took three of the top six favorites, yeah. right? All Thinking, right. okay, one of these is going to end up doing this. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you one of the reasons why. All right, so I, I took Dustin Johnson, the guy that does the CBS. Uh, what is it, sports line thing? Yes. He picked three of the four Masters last year ahead of time because of his his analytics database or whatever. He got three of the four ma- or, uh, uh, majors last year. Well, this time he had Dustin Johnson winning. And then his second favorite to win was Rory. So I said, all right, it's going to be one of those two because this guy was on a roll last year. I and, really like Rory. I, I picked yeah. Rory in a pool over Spieth. Um, that that I'm in, uh, just just because I didn't want all my eggs in the same basket. But, yeah. Um. So. Let's. I, I do sense. like Roy. Let's. I uh. Know. I just. Let, let, <laughs> you gotta. You gotta pick some long shots. You gotta pick some guys that are, you know, twenty to one, twenty five. Yeah, to but one. who? See, I didn't know who in the world would actually come out because I knew the weather was going to change, and I don't watch enough golf to know. Who is actually oh. going to like deal with the elements that well, right? Got to watch more golf then. Yeah, obviously so. Obviously so. <laughs> I need to. I remember when I was growing up, my dad would sit on Sundays over the summer, and he'd go out. Like we'd go to church, we'd go mow the yard and whatnot, and then he'd come in and he would spend all afternoon on Sundays watching golf. And he, it right. was every Sunday, and then on Saturdays, even when he was getting stuff done around the house, golf was always on. Like because it was that after, sounds like a great day. Oh Same yeah, he, he didn't watch uh, he didn't watch NBA, and after you know it, we didn't watch a whole lot of baseball until like you know nighttime during the week or whatever. Uh, so you know, I mean, it was just I don't know. I I don't watch enough golf. I probably should. Uh, I'm getting older, so it, it feels like something I should slide right into. <laughs> Uh, but I do find it a lot more enjoyable now than I did when I was a kid. So I enjoyed yeah. playing golf more as a kid. Because uh, you remember – did you have anything to do with the Olive Branch Country Club? Do you remember that? Uh, not really. Okay. That's, I, I was a junior PGA member there for like four years. Uh, and I should have done more with it. And I don't play nearly as much now as I, I used to. Uh, back, you know, at, right out of college and, and all that. But – I, I got to get back into it. it it's going to be tough. I, hey, by the way, I hadn't told you about this, but I can talk. Uh, I can talk about it on here. Yeah, we're we're just with our closest friends right now. Uh, so my wife goes to the doctor yesterday. This is this all plays in because it's going to be a little more difficult for me to play now uh, for a little while anyway, because my wife is two centimeters dilated now. Like the baby's not due for a month. And her doctor said, uh, you know, you're probably going to have this thing here in like uh, less than two weeks. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> we, we're supposed to have until May. What are you doing? So she's like, yeah, it's this, sometimes this just happens. I was like, sometimes it go. just happens. So, so, yeah, so more than likely, this thing's going to be here sooner than later. 
uh, and I'm sure that we will have a live update from the hospital or whatever, but, but we'll figure that out. Let's, let's keep talking about the Masters, though. Uh, look, Tony Finau, right? Is that how you say his name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know you're talking about the Tony guy. Tony Fino. Snapped his ankle. Yes, he hit a hole-in-one in the par-3 challenge on Wednesday. He gets excited, starts jumping up and down. Did you see the video? Yeah. He dislocated his freaking ankle, falls over, and pops it back into mm. place. Who says golfers himself. are wimps? Oh, oh. And, and so he, he gets up and walks, and he's limping up to the green. And then you don't see anything from him again, right? And then he comes out yesterday and shoots a 68. He's four under. He's tied for freaking second. Yep. What in the world is going on here? Like, I, it's pretty impressive. Tiger Woods has got, like, a pain in his back or, or whatever. This dude is playing on a bum leg. Nah, he had, he, he had an MRI done uh, the, night, the, day, the day it happened. And that, uh, the next morning, yesterday morning, he got up. First thing he did was go to the doctors. They said, you're fine. If you can tolerate the pain, you're fine. And, that uh, is insane to me. If I did that crap, my ankle would be the size of a bowling ball. Oh, no, I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm <laughs> hanging it up. Hanging it up. Here's what's, uh, here's what's crazy, okay? This is where, this is where you, you start measuring men on, like, testosterone count and toughness. All right. Was it last year that Dustin Johnson missed the Masters because he was, like, running in sock feet in the house that he was staying in and, like, twisted his ankle? I think, was a, oh, I think it was. It, it was, was it, either last no, year or the year ago. before. Yeah, it was two Justin years ago. Johnson missed the Masters because he was running in sock feet, and and he slipped on the hardwood and twisted, and twisted his ankle. His ankle. Yep. And this guy, this guy didn't twist his ankle. This guy like popped his ankle out of socket and then just snapped it right back in and goes out there and drops four under on the made on the Masters, <laughs> like as nothing, man. Oh, it, it it blew me away. Blew me away. All right, the, the other story out of yesterday was, uh, did you see Sergio Garcia knock five in the drink on yep. 15? Yeah. That was oh, Sergio. So if you have not seen Tin Cup, you've got to go watch it because this was one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's amazing. But look, he shot a 13 on that hole. He is only at plus nine. Now, it is it is tied for – Second to last. Yeah, he, he'll had, miss the cup. Oh yeah, he'll, I mean, he'll, he'll miss, miss that the cup. Uh, had he shot par on that hole though, he'd be a plus one. He came back, yep. he birdied the next hole. Like at, at that, if I shot a thirteen, there's no chance I'm coming back to birdie. Oh no, no, I, I see. I disagree because you literally have no pressure now. You've already made your decision. You know you're going home after Friday. So, well, you're not. Oh, okay. You got to give the jacket away. So, so the the next hole <laughs> was easy. He won last year. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a reigning champ. So he's got to hand the jacket <laughs> out. So he gets to just hang out for the uh, weekend and be like a a participant in the in the Masters. That's okay. So he's just hanging out, playing all through Sunday, and that's right. And well, it, I don't think it, you'll get to play. I don't think you'll get to play. Uh, now he'll miss the cut. He'll no, miss he'll the miss cut. The, it, he'll gonna miss the cut. If he'll Spieth be keeps going low, cheese. Yeah, if Spieth keeps going so, low. Brother, that cut's gonna be tough. A lot of oh, people gonna yeah. miss the cut. Oh, especially, uh, especially after. Uh, see, Tiger's in danger of missing the cut. No, I think Tiger will be okay. I don't think what, that, if if speed keeps going down and and Tiger shoots oh, no, another yeah, one if over. If he shots five, yeah, you're right. If he shoots five under today, it's over. It's over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's done at that point. Yeah. So it's but I, that's not nobody, that's. I'll tell you this that. I love Speed. I think he's he is my favorite golfer to watch. No, what he's not coming out ten under after the first two days. That ain't happening. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But the I'm, golf gods just will weather. not allow it. It's supposed to be perfect weather today, and it looks he does it, tee off he, early too. So yeah, uh, he Before tees the, off at nine fifty. So so right now, yeah. as we speak, he's uh, he's he's about to. Is tee it off. Central Tom, or did he already tee off? Central, Central. Okay. He's he's about to tee off. Um, so it was. It's supposed to be nine fifty three. I think they moved it back just a touch. I think they had a little bit yep. of delay. They always have delays. That's how this thing works. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So Rory, uh, he's already teed off. He was uh, in the group right before J uh, Jordan Spieth, and then Dustin Johnson is right after that. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, but yeah, like they'll all be out there enjoying their uh, their pimento and cheese and uh, an egg salad and drinking beer in the sun and 
and all that good stuff. And it only costs what, like two thousand dollars a ticket to get in, like yeah. per day. Yeah. So just a, just a and, smidge under a couple of grand. And and you can't even uh, you can't even just go and buy it. You gotta know people, right? You you gotta you gotta know somebody. So, it's, so it's I listen to I listen to Bill Simmons podcast, and he's been uh, reporting from the Masters every evening doing a podcast. He's there with Bill his Simmons. dad. Bill Simmons oh, is there okay, with his okay. dad and uh, um, Joe House and, and Jeff Shackelford do Shack House. They do a golf podcast. That's a great podcast list too. You should listen to that if you want to keep up with golf more without having to waste a lot of time and watching it. Um, but uh, one thing that they talk about is when you enter the Masters, they take your phone. So nobody's allowed oh, yeah. a camera or a phone. He said they were there for 10 hours yesterday. And for he said that is the longest he's been without his phone since he ever got a cell phone. <laughs> so, and they're big. Yeah, they're big. Got, Celtic, they've got payphones on, uh, on site. Payphones. So, that that way, if you, if you need to call somebody, you know. But how do you know that you need to call somebody? How do you know that there's, there's an emergency for you to need to call? Well, you probably don't, but you can check in. Like if your wife's pregnant or something. Like mine, oh, you, yeah. And then you, you, you call you get, in and you, you don't say, get to go. Yeah, you're like, your hey, is everything you don't get to go. Hey, look, I'll will tell you this: uh, if if the due date was in May, like mine, and it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to go to one day of the Masters, I think my wife would be cool with it. Oh, I mean, one yeah, day, got, yeah. You can't go. For she the whole she week. was she's going to let me go to the Foo Fighters on the due date. I mean, well, he ain't making to the due date, so you think yeah, that? No, you yeah, think exactly. that? I'm gonna get that ticket. You think that? The ticket's going. Yeah, you're probably money. right. You're probably right. So you get to go hang out with Dan, our buddy. That's right. So uh, the uh, the head rifle coach at the University of Memphis. And so, and their season's done, by the way. They uh they had a couple. He had a couple of guys make uh make the NCAA tournament or make the NCAA uh, finals. Or whatever. That's good. So didn't didn't win, but he's got some good returning talent for next year. But anyway, uh, any other stories from the Masters that you feel like we need to hit on? Uh, not right now. I mean, it was day one. Um, you know, all the practice rounds were cool. And then, uh, ESPN has done an unbelievable job of their couple of days of coverage. Um, yeah. you know, I, I watch live a lot of the par three stuff and they catch this stuff live. Um, it's one thing to catch oh, it and then to that's replay one thing it to talk about, uh, they, Jack they Nicholas's catch this stuff son. live. Uh, uh, grandson. So, uh, uh, grandson. Yeah. 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 The, the whole one, the, like they the call, they called that live. So let me ask you this. <laughs> all right. You're, you're. Gary Player's grandson, okay? Right. You're caddying for him, and Jacks just hit the hole-in-one. You're the last guy to hit. You don't even hit, right? Like, you're. Do I'm done. I got to no, follow that. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not taking that, that shot. Are you crazy? There is no, no chance. No, we are, we are all running to the green, and we're done. We're done. There's no way on earth. That's my one <laughs> chance to hit, hit the Masters, and I'm not taking it. I'm passing that up. Yeah. No, I'm with you. No, I'm, hell no, no I'm, I'm not following that. that. So nope. at that point, it's all for fun anyway. This ain't going to be right. fun for me. That ain't going to so. be fun for me. And sure enough, <laughs> that camera was right on him, and he hits like a fine shot, like there was nothing wrong with the shot. But it didn't matter. It does not matter. No, yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. No way, no way. Don't I even worry shot. about it. That's right. I love it. No chance. <laughs> Same. All right, man. <laughs> All right, that, that'll do it for uh, for today's show. We'll be back at some point next week. We'll have to figure out a schedule and whatnot. Uh, my wife's got family in town, and, and obviously uh, I am an expectant father, so I have no idea what's going to happen, but we'll right. figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out, out as we go. Uh, so, yeah, as you know, go to uh, iTunes, download the podcast, subscribe to it, leave us a review, share out Facebook, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash everything. Go check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. And we will see you guys next week. Enjoy the Masters this weekend. Enjoy UFC 223. Chris, I'll talk to you then. See you, bud. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, 
leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.